back to episode 60, 60 of Water Hockey, where we talk about, but are not limited to all things Texas hockey, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and proudly supported by DraftKings, where if you get over there right now before the Super Bowl, you can use promo code THPN to get in on all of the action. As always, I'm Fink, and I'm only joined by Patrick today. We have a very special episode for you guys, an extremely special interview. Big, huge shout out to friend of the show, Les Lancaster, over in Finland for setting this up for us. Uh, This is actually an interview episode. Uh, We were very lucky to have a chance to get uh, baptisted. Is that what they called it today, Patrick? I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's a play um, on baptized, but yeah, baptisted. yeah, we got we got, we got baptisted yeah. uh, over the weekend. Uh, it is what is that? I think it's our fifth or sixth former NHL player. Uh, he is currently over in Finland uh, playing for for Ilves uh, Tempere in uh, Finland. He's Nick Baptiste. But before we jump over to him, uh, Patrick. Jason's not with us today. He is busy molding young minds for the city of Rallet. Doing, doing his civic duty. Rec. He's doing his civic duty. Uh, he did join us for a little while on the episode and the interview. Uh, so we are not without him. Before we we jump into it, though, obviously, head over to Conway and Banks. Click on our link tree. The Water Hockey link tree has a link to the Conway and Banks website where you can get 10% off your order. My personal favorite feature is the foot mat to keep your feet dry from those moldy, wet locker room floors. <laughs> can't can't get get out from saying that. But uh, before we jump into it, how was your weekend? I mean, I, I can't. We can't not tell the people what we've been up to. It was good, man. It was cold on Saturday, and I had to wear a short sleeve shirt all day because I was getting tattooed. Oh yeah. And I like to go outside for my breaks, and that was absolutely miserable. Oof. Regretted it every time. Did it at least help with like the, the itching or the burning at all because it was so cold outside or did it just add to it? Now that you mention it, it didn't sting as much when we pick back up. So, you know, go outside, take a break, come back. And there's like the first couple minutes when you come back from taking a break, it kind of stings a little bit more. It didn't right. sting as bad. So that's an interesting theory you have there. There you go. Maybe you just need to freeze your ass off, become numb, and you can have like, you know, 10 or 10 or 15 minutes of relief before the tattoo feeling comes back in. Yeah, Dude, it, was, <clears throat> it was miserable, um, but knocked out another five hours. So we uh, we got started on my upper arm, which is exciting. So I only have I think he has some details to put on it and then another animal in june plus a laser removal session sometime between now and the next two months and then yeah it's coming along nicely jeez that's that's so intense yeah you showed us a picture of it over the weekend it looks insane uh yeah i mean i forgot is it sad that i already forgot that it was so cold i mean it was just like (laughs) brooks got a husky uh so he was basically the apartment her apartment sent out you know, an email, make sure your pets are inside, blah, blah, blah. And nope. uh, he was like, uh, hold my beer. He's like, I'm yeah. going to be out. That, that dog could literally have set, sat outside the entire weekend and been completely fine. Yeah, um, he's in doggy heaven. Oh, absolutely. The snow wasn't even melting under him. So that's how you know he was like 
keeping his heat in. And yeah. so he was just having an absolute blast. But I, I'm a I'm a big fan of the weather. Uh, Brooke and I are headed to Colorado, where I'm going to get an inside uh, scoop on the stars visiting the Colorado Avalanche next week. So the uh, schedule might be a little hectic. It might we might come out with an episode on on Friday instead of Thursday next week. Uh, but yeah, stay tuned for that. Have some cool pictures, cool perspective. Uh, but. If you're listening to this, the stars are back underway, but really don't have too uh, too much to talk about in the way of yeah. the stars. Uh, Joe Pavelski showed out at the All Star break, uh, won the the twenty one uh, card game. I guess they had just invented. I will say the one thing that I think we took away from this weekend is we witnessed quite possibly the most awkward NHL affiliated moment ever uh, with that. What was it? The Bellagio Fountain plaza thing where they were trying to get the pucks in uh you know as fast as possible that commentary followed by how little those guys and that girl wanted to be there uh made for one of the most awkwardly audible cringeworthy moments in hockey history it's i'm pretty sure it's already back on like youtube so you can go check it out but yeah uh joe pavelski showed out brought his son brought his son brought one of his friends and it looks like it was a cool time um we'll probably dive in more uh, next week when we have the entire crew back. But before we kick it over to uh, Baptiste, I do want to say again to all of our Finnish listeners, uh, thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, the Les Lancaster show, uh, the Les Lancaster interview uh, that we did once he was overseas uh, is easily the, the top most listened to episode we've had. You guys are absolutely insane. Huge shout out to the, the Ilvis faithful Thank you for everything that you've done for us. You have no idea who we are, but uh, here we are uh, across the world, and you guys are listening to us. And, uh, yeah, before we kick it over to Baptiste, we're going to hear a word from DraftKings, and uh, we'll get you all set up, and we'll get you Baptisted. What's up, Water Hockey fans? It's finally here. This Sunday is Super Bowl Sunday, and DraftKings has the hookup with DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner is Super Bowl 56. They're giving customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just 5 bucks and get 280 in free bets. DraftKings is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. And if you're not in one of the states in which you can use DraftKings Sportsbook, you can still do DraftKings Daily Fantasy for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a $1 million top prize with their first deposit. If you want to get in on this, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. That's 5 bucks to win 280 in free bets if your team wins with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 and up, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Or call or text the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-899-9789 in Connecticut. That's 888-789-quadruple-7 or ccpg.org slash chat in New York. 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK to 467-369. And now, let's get to the interview with Nick Baptiste. Up next, we have a very special guest who has seen time with the Sudbury Wolves, the Erie Otters of the OHL, the Rochester Americans, Toronto Marlies, Milwaukee Admirals, and the Texas Stars of the AHL. The Buffalo Sabres, and most recently alongside friend of the show, Les Lancaster with Elvis, 
He was the 69th selection overall in the 2013 NHL entry draft. Nice. And now joins Wada Hockey. He is the one and only uh, game-tying Ilvis hero yesterday, Nick Baptiste. Nick, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good, boys. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's, I'm excited to be on here. Yeah, we were you know, just chatting before we started recording and, and just talking about your experience overseas. First and foremost, thank you for taking the time. How has your first season abroad been going for you so far? Is it is it kind of what you expected, or, or has there been any curveballs that you weren't expecting? But what's what's kind of the overall feeling so far? No, it's been really good. Luckily for me, uh, I, I mean, I've been to Europe before traveling, so I was a little bit familiar with uh, the European kind of style, but never played hockey overseas, so that was a bit of an adjustment. But luckily. Um, the city of Tampere, where I'm where I'm playing, is is one of the top cities in Finland, and people here have been so so amazing. And um, obviously, friend of the show, Lancaster, he's been here with me, so uh, we've been kind of going through stuff together. And and anything I have trouble with, he he can be there, and he's probably dealt with it too, and vice versa. So um, it's been great. Obviously, time change a little bit, probably the biggest thing I've noticed, but being seven hours ahead of my family and my brother and stuff like that. But everything else has been great. Yeah. And, and obviously you just mentioned that you're kind of familiar with the style over there. Has there, has there been any other transitions uh, that have you, that you've had to overcome as far as like, besides the time change, obviously um, you know, with diet and a regimen, have you had to adjust anything over there with the new foods or have you kind of found a set schedule and a, and a set dietary, you know, kind of set up for yourself? You know what? I was actually surprised uh, that the food here is very similar to North America, like uh, grocery wow. stores, restaurants, all like very similar. Um, so I haven't even really had much of a change in my diet or, or like pregame meals or anything like that. Like we get obviously food from the team uh, for pregame, but dinners and all that stuff is all it's all pretty much the same. Like grocery stores, obviously the names are all in Finnish, but. You know, you use Google mm-hmm. Translate, and for the most part, you can see what things are um, in terms yeah. of, like, chicken, steak, milk, eggs, all that stuff. It's, it's easy to kind of figure that out. So I actually thought that was going to be a tougher situation for me. But they have, like, awesome steakhouses here, chicken wing spots, taco spots, like, uh, like really good food, burgers. I, I, honestly, everything that's, that, that they have back home, it's, it's pretty much the same. Obviously, there's some more finished dishes, but... You know, I'm not in a situation where I have to eat anything that's too out of the ordinary for me. So that's actually been one of the easier transitions that I than I thought than I thought it was going to be. Picking up on one thing that you mentioned, since we're a Texas podcast, tacos are kind of synonymous yeah. with Texas, especially down south. How do they stack up against Finnish tacos? Um, I think I think definitely definitely the. the the food in Texas when it comes to tacos, burritos is, is a cut above, I think a cut above most places, but there's one spot here in, in, uh, in Tampa, it's called TNT tacos and tequila. And I, and if I do remember correctly, the two chefs that are there, one of them's North American and one of them's from, uh, central Europe. So they kind of have that same kind of, uh, flavor for, 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 you know, Mexican food and whatnot as we kind of do. So, that place actually hits pretty good, and it's uh, pretty similar. But I'd have to give give the nod back to Texas because I've had some pretty awesome tacos and burritos and whatnot uh, down in Texas. Right. And no Chipotle here, obviously. Chipotle, Chipotle's high end. 
I love Chipotle. So. <laughs> that place is dying. Uh, you can ask my girlfriend. Uh, Chipotle and I have a little bit of beef right now. Uh, oh yeah. I, I yeah, I'm I'm a free I'm a Freebirds guy. I don't know if you had the chance to try that over here, but... I've had Freebirds. I'm a fan. You know what? I I I got into the when I lived when I lived in Texas, there was a Freebirds like literally like a block away from me. So me and my roommate Nick Mucci would go there every every once in a while. And I got into the, the they put the potatoes on the burritos, right? You can throw like yeah, potatoes on them. Yeah, and I got into that for like a month or two. Monster burrito or regular size? Oof. Post practice was a monster. I was a monster every once in a while, but I would actually probably go regular more often. Man, those monsters are huge. They are every massive. time I get a monster, it's... I regret it shortly after. But yeah, I, I fun just fact, not to get not to get wildly off topic, but they actually had they used to have it on the menu, but I think too many people got sick. Uh, <laughs> and it's an off menu thing. They have a super monster where they literally take two of the tortillas and use them <laughs> to make it. And I've had it three times in my I call it the career. And uh, I, I've I've never felt drunk after eating food until the first time <laughs> I ever tried it, and I felt dizzy. I was like, "That's a career ending." That's a career ending. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a Carolina Reaper kind of thing, where it's yeah. like you only need it once. When I was an idiot and had it three times, but you know, mm. who who am I to learn? But uh, you know, we we'll definitely dive into a little bit more of the the Texas cuisine and your connection to Texas. Uh, mm-hmm. But to kind of take it back to your career, you're. And I, I don't mean to say it's a resurgent because you're only 26 years old. And, and for those that are listening, yeah. you know, hockey players in their careers, I mean, obviously Gordie Howe being the most famous one and now Yarmir Yager, you know, playing into your 50s. But you're almost having like a mid a mid-season or, or mid-career resurgence a little bit. Uh, you know, as it stands, you've got 39 games played with 15 and 10, you know, for 25 points and you know just looking at at your past and your history it's like some of the the best numbers you've had since your first couple of years in the ahl before you got sent up to the sabers mm-hmm. what do you kind of accredit accredit that to and is there anything that you know you feel is going different as far as like the style of play over there maybe acclimating to your game a little bit or is there something different yeah. that you think is just like boosting you to that next level you know i think based on my career in the american league you know you come into the american league you get drafted you're on the forefront of the plans of the national hockey league team, right? You're the, you're the first draft class. You're, you're part of the guys that they see as, uh, you know, the, the, the keys to their future. So you're, you're put in, you're put in really good situations to succeed, be it power play or, or lots of minutes and whatnot. So I think I definitely excelled, uh, at that point. And then as you, as you move along and, and more guys get drafted and more guys are first round picks and there's guys that are, become now the forefront and you're in your third, fourth, fifth year, you're not as, um, I don't want to say you're, 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 you're on the back burner, but you're not as, uh, you know, you're not, you're not the, the guys that they, they just recently drafted, whether it's a new GM or whatnot. So I think for me, my game changed a little from a confidence standpoint. I don't think I was as confident in my last couple of years in the American league. Um, and with, when and you guys know confidence in hockey is, is they go hand in hand and, and, and with your performance. And I think I, I struggle to, 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 to find the, the player that I know that I am and, and that I it was earlier in my pro career. But I think even in Texas, like when I was there in Texas, I got an opportunity to play with Damiani and Masherin for a good chunk of the year. And, and I had a, a ton of success in Texas and I, I was, I was playing really well there. So I think these last even just two seasons or season and a half, I've I've stopped caring about you know what the people think 
of me or my game or, you know, not scoring whatnot and just, you know, try to have a little more fun with it and, and, and remember that I'm playing a game that I love for a living and, and whether it's in Finland or in the NHL or in the American League or wherever it is, the East Coast League, like I'm enjoying what I'm doing and every day I, I, I could be uh, in a situation that I'm that's not as fortunate to, to what I love to do. So I've tried to have more fun with it and, and just relax and, and just play my best as, as, as much as I can and, and not beat myself up because I was something I obviously – you know, every every player wants to play their best every night, but I would get pretty down on myself. You know, if I was if I was playing poorly for for a stretch or whatnot, and I think I've been able to to channel that, and I think that comes with maturity. But just learning to 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 go with the ebbs and the flows of the game of hockey, you're never going to be perfect, and and just enjoying it. And and uh, yeah, I, I've I've really enjoyed my time uh, here, and, and I think that's just been. It's been a good self-reflecting year and, and understanding what I'm capable of doing, no, no matter the league. Well, it's obviously working out for you, uh, you know, with, with the numbers showing as they are. And, and speaking of, this is something that we talked with Les a little bit about because he's actually had the uh, same opportunity that you've had a couple of games. Uh, and for those that are listening over here in the, uh, you know, the North American side, uh, mm. when you lead the team in points, you get a special treat, a special uh, a gift, if you will, of wearing the gold bucket and yeah. uh, you've had the opportunity to wear the gold bucket. H- how do you feel? And we asked Les the same question. He had a really interesting answer, but how do you feel about wearing it and having opposing teams kind of know, okay, that's the guy. Is that, is that, does that give you kind of a mental edge or does it kind of help you or hinder you in any way? And do you enjoy wearing the gold bucket or is it something where you're like, great, I got to do this again. Yeah. I've, I, I actually, I saw it like when I was in the American League, and I always like I kind of knew what it was. But at first, I thought it was just the league leader, like the league leader in points wore it. And then when mm-hmm. I came over here, I realized it was every a, a player on each team. Yeah, I thought it was just the guy in the league with the most points wore it. But then we obviously I figured out quickly that it was the team leader. Um, I enjoy it. Like it's it's it means you're playing well. It means you're getting points. I think it's I think it's cool. I don't I don't. When I see other teams with a player with it, I don't like, okay, gold bucket on the ice. I got to like check a little tighter or anything like that. Yeah. And I don't really notice it as the game's so fast. Like, as you guys know, the game's played so fast. If you're, if you're stopping to think about who's wearing the gold helmet or whatnot, I mean, in my opinion, like you're, you're, ste- you're a step behind all of a sudden because that guy with the gold helmet probably has a pocket and he's whiz- whizzing by you if you're trying to figure out where he is on the ice. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I think it's kind of cool. Like I, I think it's it's unique for sure, and it definitely stands out. And they do a little announcement before the game, like of who's wearing it. So I think it's kind of cool. But I don't I don't I don't feel too much pressure wearing it, and I don't really I don't really think too much about it when the guy on the other team has it. I, I haven't been too concerned about it too too much. Well, but I, it was kind of cool. Games. I was going to say I think it's a great look. Everyone kind of you know craps on it over here because the you know obviously the golden knights have the golden buckets and then the kings yeah. most recently had the the silver buckets i think it's a kind of sick look i think it's you know i don't i'm one of those guys that i don't mind the ads on the jerseys i don't mind the ads on the helmets like it's a business but i think it kind of makes it look mm-hmm. i don't know kind of sick overall it fills up those voids on the jerseys but i understand why the traditionalists are like don't touch it you know if it's not broken don't fix yeah. it but i, I think it looks good yeah, I think the ads are kind of cool too. I've never played with 
this many ads on my jersey. And like as a player, you don't <laughs> notice it. But I'm right. sure as a spectator, you you definitely can can see, especially when you you know you look at the beautiful classic uniforms, the Red Wings, the the, the Leafs, like it's you know two solid colors and it's it's clean, it's and it's just a different look over here. And some teams, like our our team, you know, we're green and yellow, green and gold ish. But for the majority of our ads, they're either white or black. So it's not like you have a purple color sticking out or like an orange sticking out on a on a green jersey. Like it's it looks pretty good. And when every team in the league has it, then it's it's like it, it kind of blends in a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's just to me, it's a slick look. And and people like to talk yeah. about history. And you know, Les kind of touched on this a little bit. But Elvis has some of like Liga teams have some of the richest history in all of hockey. I mean, oh, yeah. this this team dates back to what like the twenties and thirties, I think, something like that. I think it was nineteen thirty three was like the one of the first years where they became a team. The tradition is strong. I mean, it, what was it recently? I mean, all the social media, there was a guy within the organization. I can't remember if it was a player or like part of the staff, but like all of the social media platforms changed their profile picture to him. And like every single post was about yeah. him and honoring him. And just, you know, Lots obviously of. with the recent, sh- yeah, with the recent shift from the old arena to the new arena, like it's all that anyone could see on any social media platform. So it was just really cool to see. But yeah, it's, like, yeah, there's history in the game, but obviously the game evolves, and it's kind of cool to see how Liga being one of the richest leagues as far as history goes, being one of those leagues that says, you know what, it's hard to make a living out here as a as an international hockey player if you're not from here. So we're gonna try and get as many ads as possible, and and you know boost our standings as far as financial gain goes, but also for obviously guys like you and Les and bringing everyone in from overseas. Yeah, and we touched on a little bit. Um... Just, just, just how their social media team is so good, and that's part of it too. Like they, they're trying to do their best to um, promote like their organization and and uh, to to bring over players like us, but also to give an understanding to people that only watch you know American League or NHL that the, you know there's there's hockey over here that's just as good, and there's players over here just as good as what you're watching in the American League or the East Coast League. It's not just subject to North America like there is high high end quality hockey being played over here in Finland and Russia and Switzerland and Germany like it's it's top top end and uh I learned that quickly over here like the, the this hockey is is so so good and so it's it's a different style in mm-hmm. terms of the brink being bigger and not as I wouldn't say as physical as North America obviously the rink has to do with that. You can't, you can't kind of lunge and try and hit guys as frequently, mm-hmm. but, but that comes with, and what I've noticed with like the Finnish players is they skate so well because they've been skating on this big ice and learning how to get in and out of tight corners since they were six, seven years old. That's, that's how they've been playing. It hasn't been as rough and tumble as a smaller arena in North America. So that's, it's, 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 it's why you see such skill, in this league and, and it's and it's very very high end hockey yeah it first and foremost shout out to that social media team like you said we were talking about it before we jumped on and started recording that shot of you with the game tying goal yesterday against cuckoo it was Ooh. unreal where they have the you know whoever was running the, the camera ran down the aisle and, and caught you in yeah. that celebration you know in the corner uh but i'm glad you brought up the rink size because that's something i was curious about and i'm pretty sure i'm not sure if it's it's true still but 
are the the rinks all different sizes throughout the entire legal league? Is it, uh, or have they gone back to being the same all around? I think for the most part, they're all like the international size. There are a couple okay. that are a, t- a touch smaller or a touch wider and not as like a little bit shorter from, from goal line mm-hmm. to goal line, but definitely bigger than North America. And I, and I think that's, I think there's maybe one or two that are, that feel smaller, but for the most part, they're all bigger. And I mean, of course that changes the game a little bit. Like you can't forecheck, you can't have a, as sustained of a forecheck in a, in a bigger rink, like D to D up to the wing is, is a long way to travel as an F1 or an F2. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just a different mindset and like regroups, like the first, I think I can remember the first two preseason games we played, like I dumped two pucks in at the red line. Cause that was, you know, in North America, you, you get to the red line. If you have to change, you dump it in because you know, you're the next line out can get a forecheck off of that here. Like it's more beneficial if you can to turn back, hit your D man and let them, Go back in their own end. You change, you regroup, and then you come as five. And it's just a bit of a different, different style than like the consistent, you know, chip and chase and forecheck and hit and break the game up that way. It's more con- a little bit more like a, a controlled style. Not that either style is better or worse, but it's just a different mm-hmm. style because there's so you don't want to give the puck back because you, you might not get it back for for a minute. That's that's an interesting point too because. It- you typically only see the the hold in the back change on power plays. At least, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of have a star's focal point for how much hockey we watch. We typically mm-hmm. stick with our home team. But they're kind of the masters of dump and chase for the change, for better or for worse. It frustrates us sometimes. Yeah. but <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm sure. And, and that's – but, I mean, like in a, in a smaller arena, that's – it's more acceptable because you can you can get on a four check with one guy, like easier one hit, kind of clogs it up, and then you have two guys coming in after, and it's it it almost feels like half the size when you cut the rink in half. Like you you can corner that D man and and kind of keep the puck in that zone. You know here, D to D from corner to corner in in, in your own end is a, it's a long way. Like it's it's hard to get a sustained four check, so or harder I should say. Um, so I've noticed that, that that's, that's a lot of the game. A lot of teams, including ours, will, you know, you, you, you got to change. Okay. We'll try and try if you can to make a play lateral or backwards to keep possession of the puck because possession is, is, is huge. It's huge in this league and the regroups and, you know, some teams, some teams trap the whole game. So if you're, if you're dumping it in consistently, you're not getting it back very often. They got they got five back and it's an easy breakout. That's uh, you know it's interesting you say that and and I know Patrick has a follow up but I, I this one just popped into my head before I, I kick it over to him. Has that changed the way that you look at off ice training uh, as far as like maybe shifting more focus to cardio rather than weights to kind of sustain that you know that stability and and cardio throughout or were you pretty much just like this is my routine I'm sticking with it. Um, you know, has anything changed on that format? Um, not, not, not leading into the season because I signed like, um, end of August and came here like shortly after. So my training, I was training and, you know, with the, with the anticipation that more than likely I would probably be back in North America. So my, my training regime didn't really change a ton, but 
when we when we got here, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you guys know, like European teams notoriously longer training camps and pretty difficult, like uh, strenuous cardio wise. And I think that's for good reason with with um, how big the rink is. Like you can't be you can't be tired um, right during shift. So we did we did uh, more more running I think than I've done in previous years. Um, like all, like just like just running cardio, which has been a bit different for me. But I've I've really enjoyed it, and I felt like it's it's been beneficial. I think there's still always going to be a place for getting stronger. And, and weights and, and that kind of thing, and whether it's band weight, band workouts or whatnot. But like, I think no matter what, you can always be strong and be stronger. I don't think there's ever going to be a time where it's just cardio or just weights. But I think for good reason, like the rink's bigger, there's more ice to cover. You need to have mm-hmm. good cardio and, and be able to, to skate and skate, skate for a long period of time. I think that makes a lot of sense. And you had touched on something on the differences in the style of play, and we kind of got Les's perspective as a defenseman and having to adjust his game a little bit to more skill-based, whereas, you know, especially in Allen, they're kind of known for hard-hitting and finishing your checks and all that good stuff. From an offensive perspective, how has the openness and kind of the free-flowing aspect of Finnish hockey changed your approach as a forward? Um... I wouldn't say it's changed it too much. I think, yeah, I think the biggest, the biggest thing I've noticed was you have to, you have to get your speed up quicker. You can't glide as often. I've noticed, and like obviously, there's always a place for stopping and starting. Like you, you know, you turn the puck over, you got to stop and go back the other way. But like, mm-hmm. it's sometimes more beneficial to tight turn and pick up speed going the other way or you you know you you see a play coming out of your zone it's it's to it's to like shift up and get moving forward because there is so much ice and there is so much room to skate so to to in order to jump into holes it it takes a touch longer so you got to be moving at a, at a quicker pace and i think that was one of the bigger adjustments for me uh, my first probably 10 games in the league was that like I was stopping and starting too often. So I was, I felt like I was behind the play a little too much. And now I've kind of adjusted a little bit and I'm able to recognize, okay, here's a regroup. I can, I can, you know, button hook versus a full stop and a start. I can button hook and keep my speed. And then when the puck does come to me, I'm at full speed versus being, you know, three quarters of the way there or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's translated. Like I said, with the numbers, it's just you can see it. You can see a noticeable bump, and, and obviously, it's it's a little bit more difficult to watch these games uh, over here in North America. But yeah. uh, you know, I've I've caught a little bit here and there, and it's just like you said, the free flowingness of of the offensive control is is definitely noticeable compared to the NHL product. Mm. But I, I am curious because you know we're huge in Finland, apparently. Uh, thanks to all the yeah. Elvis, uh, faithful, but, uh, how, how has the transition to Finland been for you as far as like, uh, just a person that's overseas and, and has a really cool job? Like, has there been any kind of a, a culture shock for you outside of, you know, just the time difference? Uh, obviously with the, with the language barrier, I can, I can assume it's probably that, but has there been anything else that you really enjoy about being in Finland? Um, I think what you said about the, the the fans here, like they're they're so passionate about 
our team. And I think having, as you guys know, Ilves is in the city, but also Tapura, another team that we share a building with. The, mm-hmm. the, the passion, the rivalry between the two teams is it's so it's so big and for, for as difficult as it is for you guys to watch you know our games here that that's kind of how it is for them to watch NHL and AHL like it's a seven hour right. time change so so watching a 7 p.m NHL hockey game just it, it doesn't work for people like it's middle of the night they got work whatever so it's hard to to catch live NHL action so for them I think a lot of the hockey that they watch is is Liga and it's our league and and, and for you know, a good chunk of our city, it's our team. And uh, mm-hmm. that was the biggest thing that I've noticed since I've been here is like the, the, the reception that I received, obviously as a foreign player, and they, and, they, and they see my history of, you know, playing professionally in North America and playing in some games in the NHL. So that's obviously something that they were intrigued in. But the, the, the way they've recepted me and the way that they have accepted me as one of their own, it's, it's been like it's some of the best – uh, fans I've ever played in front of, and I've played in some pretty good buildings. But you feel the passion, and the and the. I'm actually a big uh, soccer fan, football over here, and I'm a big Chelsea FC okay. fan. So, I'm used to watching, uh, you know, the, the the constant chants and the songs and the drums and the and the, you know, the the, the everyone in the arena knows the songs, and I'm sure Les can attest to this. Like, we have a group of fans in our in our arena every night, home and away. They're singing the whole entire game, whether we're down five one, up five one. They're so consistent and they're so passionate, and and it's just their love for for Ilves as a as a whole, as the whole organization, the whole team, and it's been it's been super super special. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because when when Les uh, was on the show last time, I, that's exactly what I compared it to. It was like watching a, a football match overseas yeah uh, but in front and but there's ice in front of you instead of a pitch mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean it's nuts and that's i mean that's one of this is now it's on the bucket list for me to get over at, at first i was like the bucket list is to get overseas to watch a, a football match but now i'm like mm-hmm. uh, that's changed because watching the elvis fans yeah. and 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 that it's just an insane atmosphere uh but yeah. I, I do want to bring it back to north america for a little bit because Usually, you know, the, the, the quote is they've had a cup of coffee in the show. Uh, you've had yeah. almost like a gallon of coffee. Uh, I mean, you've played over, yeah. over 40 games in the NHL for the Buffalo Sabres. What was that experience like for you, you know, kind of getting that call up? You know, it's, it's not far removed from where we are now, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's, that's the ultimate. And obviously, Liga, yeah. it's really special, like you said. That's their own league, so taking that as their own, but... Here in North America, you know, still the NHL is our league over here. What was that For like sure. getting the call up and, and and that experience with the Buffalo Sabers? Oh, I was the it was the best. It's been the best moment of my life and best moment of my my hockey career. Like every kid uh, growing up dreams of playing the National Hockey League, and obviously when I was there, um, I, I I thought I played pretty well and I scored some goals and. Um, I, I can't say enough about the the Pagula family because they were so welcoming to me when I when I was there and just just a just obviously you know Buffalo's had some tough times in the last little while but when I was there it was a, it was an awesome place to be and I and I really enjoyed it and played with some some unbelievable hockey players like you go down the list from Michael to O'Reilly you, know, you can really just pick them out but great people too like guys that I played with that were. You know they were they were in their first ten games in the league at one point too, so they understood like where I was coming from and and uh, 
you know, it was, it was, it was a great, it was a great time in my life and it was span over two seasons. So I was, uh, I think I paid 10 to 15 my first year and then, or my, I think it's sort of my second or third year pro and then played another 30 the next year. And that second half of that season where I was up for pretty much the whole second half was, it was amazing. Like just that, just that culture. And we didn't, you know, obviously we weren't, we weren't a playoff team. We weren't, we weren't the greatest team in the league, but, you know, every night you're playing in Madison Square Garden. I played in Ottawa in front of my family. Like I played in some unbelievable barns where, you know, those those memories will last with me for a lifetime. And you know, I can't say enough about about how great that that uh, experience was for me and, and and that time in my life. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, obviously that's like the ultimate goal for anyone that you know puts on a pair of skates. They always think yeah. I, I want to play in the NHL. One one really cool point about about that team particularly. Uh, when you were with the club was just how young it was like going down the list mm-hmm. like Jack Eichel was 19. Ryan O'Reilly was only 25. Reinhardt was 20. I mean, the oldest guys on the team are, you know, pushing late thirties, but for the most part, there were only like two or three that were in their thirties, everyone else. I mean, mm-hmm. you go down the list and these are some notable names that people are familiar with. Obviously, you know, uh, Rissalainen and, and for here us in, in Texas, we yeah. had Taylor Fadoon who was with the team for a little while, but it's kind of amazing to see how young of a team that you I were able to surround yourself with. And uh, what's that? I played with Fad, Fadoon uh, Fads for a couple of years in Roch too. He was uh, Taylor Fadoon. I played with him in, in Rochester also for, for about a year and a bit. He's a great guy. Great guy. Yeah, we miss him here. I mean, he's he's. I we, we were fortunate enough to have a guy like uh, Joel Hanley on where it's just – you're you're an essential piece but you don't get the recognition just because you you're you know yeah. kind of on the, the the third or fourth line but those kind of, those are the kind of guys that we gravitate mm-hmm. towards because you know we're just fans of the game and for the love of the game but i mean even looking at this and you had the opportunity to, to play with robin leonard when he was 25 i mean this is just it's insane how mm-hmm. young of a team it was but obviously it's 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 something that you can take and kind of build upon uh but shifting kind of back again once to uh you know, you spent some time with the, the Texas Stars, and that's kind of, you know, obviously we're a Texas hockey podcast, so that's where the tie comes in. And, and last season you were with the Texas Stars down at the AHL. What was that like kind of coming from playing mostly in north uh, in the north U.S. Uh, in Canada down to playing in mm-hmm. the south for the first time? Was there anything that you were kind of surprised about aside from the fact that it's 100 degrees for like eight months? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It was it was nice because I was wearing shorts every day, so that was that was a change yeah. of pace for sure. Um, <laughs> and I was able to I, I I will say recently, but three or four years ago, I took up golf and I'm still brutal, but I was able to golf a ton, which was which was super fun. I was gonna say uh, golf doesn't golf have an off season in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. We finished practice, me and my roommate and a couple guys. We 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 golf, you know couple times uh, in a week which was which was fun uh maybe even a little less for me they were they would golf a little more than i would but more more golf that year than i've played ever so it was it was really fun um but i was i mean i'm sure you guys remember but i was there for the snowstorm in texas and oh yeah like, speaking of we was, we just uh we a, just had our quote-unquote round two okay we got down yeah we got down to i think windchills I mean, obviously we're Fahrenheit because we're sick and twisted Americans with the, the metric system and whatnot. But uh, <laughs> we got to uh, negative five wind chill 
Uh, and, and here in okay. Dallas, the uh, city essentially shut down uh, for one night of ice and snow. So, but yeah, t- what was yeah. that like? I mean, you had to, that had to been, have been brutal to have been raised in Canada and seen probably, you know, feet of easily snow. feet, feet of snow left yeah. and right. And then we get one, one inch and some ice and it's like the state shuts down. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was different. It was difficult because I mean, obviously the, the, the city and, and the whole state isn't used to that kind of snow, even if it is something that I would be used to. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we, we, our apartment building didn't have heat for, I think three or four days. So that was difficult. We, I think my roommate and I slept there for two nights without heat, which was, which was pretty, which mm-hmm. was pretty tough. I mean, you grind mm-hmm. it out like you sleep in a coat or whatever. Like it wasn't the end of the world, but um, we went to the we know, but no, no food plate. Like there's no where to get food really. Like right. the restaurant were closed, drive-through was closed, the grocery grocery stores were absolutely ransacked. Like you couldn't get anything at grocery stores, and if you did, like it was pretzels and whatever you could find that was in the back of the the back of the aisle or whatever. So that was that was. <laughs> It was an interesting time, and obviously, like, I was with a few Canadians, so we were used to snow. Like, the snow or the, or the, or the cold wasn't the issue. It was just there were no resources. And, like, obviously, snow plows weren't, like, out the first couple of days. Luckily, luckily, uh, Cole Schneider, our team, our, my teammate, he had, a, he had a big truck. So so he was able to kind of plow through the snow and kind of kind of – be okay without the snowplow but like the little cars couldn't move no one had you know snow scrapers for their car everyone's using their credit cards to get the ice off so it was like uh it was definitely different but uh we got through it and luckily our rink our rink had power so we went to the rink for for a day and just and just chilled there so i mean we made the we made the most of it but I couldn't imagine having kids or small kids in that situation because it would have been a lot oh, yeah. really difficult. We were trying to book hotels and there was nothing available. And just, uh, just, just an interesting uh, few days. Yeah, I, it, not a fun time for a lot of Texans for sure. And I find it yeah. ironic that you have to go to an ice rink to escape the snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, so obviously, you spent some time here. Did you have a chance to try Whataburger while you were in Texas? Uh, and if not, did you get to try any barbecue? Because obviously that's our, uh, that's like our state flag, but for food is, is brisket. Yeah, I had, uh, I had Whataburger, I think twice. Pretty good. Like I liked it. I'd say, I, I, I think I liked In-N-Out more, to be honest. Oh, I think I liked In-N-Out a little bit better. Um, and barbecue, I was a big barbecue fan. I, I ate a lot of barbecue. I can't even remember the places I ate, but I ate a lot of barbecue. And one of I was our say, uh, you're kind of in the mecca. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was Austin, great. Austin has like what Salt Lick and, and Franklin's and yeah, Salt uh, Salt Lick. I remember Salt Lick. Salt Lick was great. Um, but at this time, for a good, want to say, month and a half, like stuff wasn't really open, so we were like ordering or kind of making your own stuff and our our chiropractor i remember at the end of the year brought us all to a a friend of his house and and had a barbecue and and we had i think we had uh crawfish 
and then he oh, made yeah. like they made real fish wings and stuff, and it was yeah, it was unreal. Like it was dialed. It was really really good. But yeah, I ate a lot of ribs and wings and, and stuff like that. How are the wings in Finland? Less you mentioned them earlier, and Les was saying that's like a huge deal over there. Yeah. What makes them so They're great. special? They're great. Like I, I was even I was surprised with that too. Like I was like thinking to myself like. No, and obviously I played in Buffalo, and like that's the king of chicken wings. Like <laughs> yeah, they have yeah, unbelievable chicken wings, and the ones here are great. Like I've had no issues, and I've had a couple different places, and they're they're awesome, awesome chicken wings. Okay, ranch ranch or blue cheese? Oh, that's a that's a that's a stunner. I'm a, I'm a ranch guy, and Les is a blue cheese guy. He gave me shit the other day when we, we were watching the, the football games last Sunday. <laughs> and we ordered wings, and I was like, "Yeah, actually, there's a garlic, there's like a garlic mayo kind of ranch thing that they got here." So I, I get that. And he's like, "You're not getting blue cheese?" I'm like, "Nah, man, like I'm not a blue cheese guy." And he's like, "Man, you gotta have blue cheese." And I was like, "Dude, I'm just not a blue cheese guy." And he, and he, I think he's a big blue cheese guy. No, not me. Well, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep quiet then. I'm gonna keep quiet then because I'm a, I'm a blue cheese guy. I, I mean, I like yeah. them both. I'm, you know, I'm a sauce guy. Yeah. Any kind of sauce you can toss on there, I'm good. For sure. What would you say is your me- most memorable part uh, of being and playing in Texas overall? I mean, obviously, we like you said, talked about the heat, but, you know, is there anything that you look back upon fondly and say, like, if I were to ever go back, this is why? Off the ice or on the ice? Uh, either or. Is it either or. Not at all. Well, we had a really, really, really good group of guys. Like, one of the best groups of guys I've played with. So, off the ice, we had a lot of – we had to make, you know, we had to, there were, you know, bars were closed, restaurants were closed for a good chunk of time. So, but most guys had like either like a pool or like a lounge area in their apartment complex. So mm-hmm. we would make do with just, you know, all the boys getting together. So we had a pretty tight knit group that way because, you know, there was, you couldn't just go out for dinner. Like you had to, you had to figure out what you would do. So whether it's, you know, cooking in someone's apartment and then hanging by the pool and shooting the shit, like. Off the ice, our group was amazing. Like I love, I loved that team. It was so much fun to, to be a part of that group. Um, on the ice, I don't know if I can think of a specific moment because we didn't get to play in the playoffs, right? Like there was no playoffs for our division or or right. the, really the league. Yeah. So there was nothing that was like to um, like stand out in sense of like, wow, that was an amazing moment. But we had like. I don't think we had a team that many people thought were going to be great, but we played, we played as a unit. Like we had a really Mm -hmm. good core group of guys that cared. Like we, we all really cared and, and cared about how like, okay, like it's not playoffs this year. So, you know, it's not like, let's not look at it as like, we have nothing to play for. Like every guy here has something to play for, whether it's Danny getting, Danny getting a call up this year, you know, me signing in Europe, like there, there, there were, reasons for each guy on that on that team to play and i think that was what was great was that we were going through all these covid protocols we're getting tested every day at the rink but we all had the same focus and it was to just lay it on the line for the guy next to you every night and and let's just see what happens and it was it was great it was it was a really really fun time and the the nice weather helps with that obviously like i it would be really difficult to be in the snow every day getting tested and dealing with these protocols and luckily in texas we were able to have fans for a good chunk of the year when mm-hmm. other teams in the league had no fans all season, they were playing the same three teams all year. So that was nice. 
But I think just overall, like being with a really good group of guys and going to battle with guys, even when it might not be the most, um, you might not be, you know, as eager to play because of because of the circumstances of no playoffs and whatnot. But you know, the group was good, and that starts with Neil Graham and 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 uh, Travis Moore. And like the, the coaching staff was awesome. Like they were they were very keen to to understanding the situation and giving us the freedom to, to be ourselves and to, to play and have fun and, and do those things. Yeah. It's, it's funny you say that and this kind of attributes uh, to kind of a recent shift. I, I don't know if you saw, but uh, uh, there was a recent trade where Ty uh, Felber was traded over to uh, the, the lightning and put in their system. Yeah. And I mean, just the outpouring, I mean, you saw any guy who has Instagram, even going down to like Ottinger, who's obviously been with the stars, you know, the Dallas stars now for a couple of seasons, mm-hmm. they were posting about going to miss you. Love you, bud. I mean, we had, uh, yeah. we were lucky enough to have Tufty on, uh, you know, back in the day before he got his final call up, obviously recently this yeah. season, but seeing how many guys like posted about Felber getting, you know, traded off it, it, it kind of makes sense. And it's, and it kind of speaks volumes to what you were saying, how close the team was. Yeah, I mean, Ty, Ty, Ty is Ty is one of the best guys I've met in, in pro hockey, and I, lucky enough, he he's not he's him and I live back home, you know, about thirty minutes away from each other, so mm-hmm. very close. He's from the valley, and I'm from I'm from right in Ottawa, so it's it's pretty close. And we have a couple of mutual friends that uh, you know that we get together every summer, and we either do like a little golf trip or we go to their cottages up up in the valley. But I, I mean, I saw the trade and I saw the posts from some of the guys that were in, in Texas. And I mean, Ty is one of those guys that you know he's just he's just high end as a person, and and, and he's a really good player. You guys saw what he did in, in the OHL, and he had sixty mm-hmm. goals or something like really good player. And and, and the American League's not easy to adjust to, and I, I'm sure a change of scenery is going to do him well. And I think that. Uh, a great, I mean, a great organization like Tampa will, will definitely take the best out of them. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's it's a bummer to see, but hopefully, you know, things turn around for him because obviously the AHL is is a is a fantastic league. But you know, when you're when you're a step away from the NHL, obviously, there's a, a pretty strong mindset to get there. We do have a late addition to the uh, to the interview. I want to bring on uh, Jason. Uh, Jason is our our uh, resident philosophical guy. Uh, he asked the uh, the hard hitting questions, but we do have some questions left uh, that kind of go into a little bit more of the the Nick Baptiste off the ice. So uh, we're gonna fire these at you, and uh, you don't have to. There's no specific right or wrong answer, uh, but this is Patrick's question, and I'm gonna shift it over to him because he he's been asking this question. We we ask these questions pretty much for every single person that comes on the show. Uh, so Patrick, I think you know which one I'm talking about. So go ahead and fire these away, and then we'll 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 get some answers out of them. Sounds good. The first one, and we've run the gambit of answers in the Nick Baptiste biopic, the movie about your life. Who plays you? Who plays me? Huh. My favorite actor is Denzel Washington, but I think that's a that's a that's steep. Like I don't know if my life has a Denzel Washington type. Uh, uh, dude, don't don't sell yourself short though. Yeah, yeah. yeah if yeah. if Denzel's gonna be to go, it, man, Denzel's gonna go be Denzel. it. Off that answer, then I have to go Denzel because that's the he he in my books is the goat. I think he's uh, incredible. 
I think that's a spot that's on answer. it. I mean, that's a, that's that's a good answer. Don't yeah, don't don't sell yourself short. We've had guys say like Ryan Reynolds and Bradley Cooper. So yeah, yeah, by Bradley all Cooper means. a couple times. Then Denzel's my guy. Nice. Uh, who would you say your game is most inspired by on the ice and off the ice? Well, I play I play for my family. Um, my my parents. Uh, my parents, my mom had me at a very young age, had me at 19. So, um, they've been working two jobs throughout their whole lives to, 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 to provide for me and my brother. So I definitely play for my parents and, and, my, and my younger brother in terms of players I looked up to or, 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 you know, tried to model my game after or whatnot, Matt Sundin and Jerome McGinley were the two guys that I would watch every time I could. Those were the two that that were that were standouts for me. I mean, that's Dallas Dallas Stars own Jerome McGinley. You know, yeah. fun little tri- trivia yeah. fact for everyone. What a, what a player! Like, can give you anything and everything every night. You want to fight, fight, hit, hit, score, score. He's unbelievable, and like captain too. Like, just total package. And I grew up a Leaf fan, so Matt Sandin was my guy. Like him and Alexander McGillney were the two that were like. They were the I love two of them. I, I can attribute, yeah. Aginla is my favorite player of all time that's not a Dallas star. Uh, well, not one that skated with him. But I have to ask then, because if you're an Aginla fan, I'm very passionate about a particular Calgary Flames jersey that Jerome Aginla did wear for quite some time. Uh, what mm. were your thoughts on the Blasty jersey? Yeah, that's the black with the, the horns, right? The, the The flaming horse head, yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are those are those are pretty fire. I can't lie, I like those ones a lot. Thank you, thank you. I think okay, if they and then, did like a, a new school, a new school version of that with that logo and those colors, it, it would look real good. I mean, they did the reverse retro, but yeah, they didn't mm-hmm. really tamper with the uh, the logo at all. They just kind of did like a, a subtle redesign. But I yeah, have to I ask then. To. I don't think you keep no, the logo not at all. the way it is. I have to ask then. Because being a Maple Leafs fan, your your team is pretty stuck on tradition as far as like the jerseys go. Do you have a favorite jersey of all time that you can just think back on and be like, even if it's not a Maple Leafs jersey, that's completely fine. But if if there's a if there is a jer- we're this is gonna sound dirty. We're jersey sluts. Uh, you know, we <laughs> any and all jerseys from literally the minor leagues all the way to the the NHL. We we love them. So, are there any that you have worn that might have been like oh. a theme night that you look? on and you're just like those were the sickest jerseys i've ever worn uh i don't know about ones that i've like i've worn some nice jerseys i always will love the Sudbury wolves greens we wore greens one year and those were great mm-hmm. but i think my favorite jersey one of my best friends derek Schoenmakers, he played mississauga st mike's like the the well the steelheads now but they were the majors when i was there um and they had these they had these cream and baby blue uh, jerseys, and I thought those were sick. They had cream gloves with a baby blue cuff, and those things were fire. Like, I thought those were so sick. I have to look those up. They might be on the background of your cover, cover photo for this podcast. We'll have to put, like, a yeah, little thought bubble with it. Dope. Those were dope. I like those a lot. NHL jerseys? I like I like the the two color like I like the Red Wings jerseys a lot. I like the Leafs jerseys a lot. Like I think those look super super clean. I like Pittsburgh uh, Winter Classics, the baby blue ones. I thought those, oh, those were really were nice. nice. Too. 
Yeah. Um, and I think I actually think the Coyotes, the the ones they brought back, are super nice too. Oh, the, the Kachinas. Kachinas. Yeah, those are. Uh, yeah, yeah, we went back and forth between those. I think the Kachinas are real nice. I love them. I just wish that organization would figure out how to run itself. Uh, I don't know if you've heard, but the most recent news. Yeah. Well, the most recent news is that they're going to shift into the Arizona state arena that's being built, which has a capacity of just over 5,000. So they would be putting an NHL team into an arena with just over 5,000 seats. Uh, And then I'm sure you saw, or if you haven't. It's still still at 20%. Yeah, Marshan basically said, well, they give away 4,500 tickets a night, so I don't think you're going to see much of a different difference in capacity. So, Yeah, I haven't been too in touch with uh, with that with that side of the, the Coyotes or any, any of that uh, <laughs> NHL movement stuff because of the timing here. But I did see that they were thinking about, I think a couple of years, maybe two years ago, they were they were thinking about like ASU or something, and they were they were planning on moving there or something like that. Or building a new one, or something, something along those lines. They were trying They're really hard to build it, but yeah, I was like a capitalist watching, watching a watching a ping pong yeah. match between two idiots is basically what's happening. Uh, well, hey, 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 don't disrespect what? ping pong, though. Okay, I thought you were gonna say don't disrespect the idiots <laughs> <laughs> or that. Well, like I said, no. Jason's our philosophical guy, so I'm gonna kick it over to him to to let it let let him fire away with a couple of questions on you. Sounds good. I got okay. So you're from Ottawa, and did I just yeah. like as soon as I got on, I heard uh, you mentioned uh, going down to the valley. Is that you referencing the uh, Ottawa Valley? The Ottawa Valley, yeah. It's uh... okay. Hold on, I, I I'm familiar with the Ottawa Valley. I'm also the resident okay. Canadian on the uh, the podcast nice. as well. My Welcome. mom's from Ottawa, and um, I oh, when nice. we go to oh. Canada, we go to the Ottawa Valley. Uh, we uh, my grandma lives out in Eganville. If you're familiar with it, yeah, yeah, uh, I know exactly where Eganville is. Shit, dude, nobody ever knows that. Nobody ever knows where Eganville is. <laughs> yeah, there's it's not, a town of like well, 1,600 people. On. There's not much. Yeah, I was just gonna say there's not much going on in Eganville, so I Lots can't imagine many people. Yeah, beautiful yeah, city, yeah, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Uh, where where did you uh, I guess go like uh, when you're in the valley? Uh, well, we we it's a it was a buddy of mine's like kind of cottage area so it was just it was just into the valley um we we went for a couple like we've been there once now last summer or last summer for a weekend then we went uh the quebec side to another buddy of mine's cottage and we just do like a either a out near shovel and whatnot yeah i i could probably find you guys the exact location i'm not exactly exactly sure i don't want i don't want to mess up the uh the spot exactly but definitely in the valley with a few of the real good valley boys and, and you know they know how to get down and, and have a good time so we we had a ton of fun up there and and uh obviously Fe- Fe- that felly and, and and it's his you know lifelong childhood friends that uh that i i was fortunate enough to meet through uh, a couple of buddies of mine that went to school um out east together so we all kind of joined friend groups for a few weekends and it's become something that we've uh, that we we do and we plan on doing uh, moving forward. That's awesome, man. No, uh, next time I get out there in a couple summers, I'm, I'll have to hit you up, man. Maybe we can cross paths or something like that. There's only a handful of sure, uh, sure. uh, watering holes, if you will, out there. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. If if I will, <laughs> if yeah. you will. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm curious as far as like the this. 
I guess, what do you miss most about playing in North America? I mean, really, if you if you kind of like boil it down, obviously the, the fans are insane uh, in Finland over there. But is there something that you kind of miss about playing over here? Um, I mean, obviously the language barrier is a, a little bit difficult for me at times. You have you okay. have the struggles with with communication uh, sometimes, but um, I think the fact that you know I am seven hours ahead, I don't I don't see a ton of what happens on my feed or my, you know, my Instagram and whatnot back home daily. It's, it's more what, what I'm, what I'm living in and in the present. So I wouldn't say I, I, I'm like, you know, missing like the, the hockey per se. Of course you want to play in the NHL and, and the American league is mm-hmm. such a great league. It's given me so much in terms of opportunity coming over here. But, um, you know, when you're in season, you're focused on what you're doing day in and day out. So you're not too focused on, on anything else that's happening back home. And of course I check in on Rochester and Texas and Milwaukee and Toronto, the places I played and see how they're doing and see how my buddies and, and guys that I've played with are doing. But you, you know, you just, you don't really see it daily. You're not playing at the same times. You're not, you know, you don't have an off day and you can watch a game. Like it's, it's four in the morning for, for, for a lot of those times. So you're not as in touch um, with what's going on back home live, obviously. I see stuff um, the next day or whatnot, but um, like I said, you're, you're pretty focused on on what you got going on and 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 what I have on my plate right now. So um, I haven't like you know stopped to think or 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 you know worried about like what am I missing or, or you know what's going on back there. I've just been focused on on my life and my hockey here and, and, and winning for this team because because you know at this point and in, in this point in the season and this point in my life that that is what I care about and that's and that's what I'm here to do is to help this team win each and every night yeah absolutely I mean obviously like we've been talking about the whole time it's, it's showing and then uh it's it's fun to watch when we can uh I'm curious if if the NHL or if hockey in general were to adopt like what Major League Baseball has with walk-up songs uh but for goal songs what would your goal song be every time you ripped a goal Oh man, I'm a big music no guy, but it would be it would be I don't know how familiar you guys with, you guys are with J Cole, but J Cole is like my favorite yes. artist. He's a big um, Dallas guy, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves North Texas. Carolina, North Carolina, born and bred. Yeah, exactly. Um, if I was to have a goal song, I'd have to pick one that was like good. Um, it would probably. You guys give me a second. It'll probably be on the off season, which is one of his more recent albums. Maybe applying pressure. I don't know if you guys know that song, but that's that's a big tune. Yeah, it'd be it'd be definitely something J Cole, for sure. J Cole in my books is, is the best. Maybe a Drake tune here and there to get you know a little bit more popular, but it would probably be a J Cole song of, of some extent. I, I'm I'm with you on that. J. Cole, I've I've recently discovered a lot of his music and I'm a big fan. He just released a new track. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it, it was somebody else, but he quoted uh yeah, Johnny basically P's saying daddy, like, Johnny P's daddy. Yeah, and he's hit that line where he's like every time I hit a layup ESPN reports like Luka Doncic. It was I was like, All right, okay. Yeah, yeah so, he's, yeah, got a different, he's got a different flow, man. He's got a different flow. One of his like older songs, he talks about uh being friends with like Mark Cuban or something like that, or I mean, yeah, I know you made a uh, reference to Mark Cuban. Yeah, he's, he's talking about buying the Mavericks. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. Something like uh, 
I'm all uh, part human, something Mark Cuban. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he's got ties, and so he instantly yeah. he instantly like gets risen in the ranks in my book because of that. Speaking of uh, of ties, if you will, um, uh, going through you know your time playing hockey and everything, uh, you know you played in Sudbury. Uh, are you a big fan of uh, Letterkenny by chance? Oh, honestly, no. But I, I, I obviously have a lot of time on my hands here, so I, I've actually been meaning to watch Letterkenny because I've only okay. heard good things. But I actually haven't. So the Letterkenny oh. trivia it might be the next guest, unfortunately. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, you know, it, it's filmed in Sudbury, and I didn't know I saw you spend a lot of time there, and I didn't know if you did like, uh, like down in Austin, you know, you could do a tour of uh, uh, of the Days and Confused like scenes and whatnot. I don't know if you like kind of went down to like their dollar store or whatever it was uh, in the show and everything, just kind of no, like just look, walked to all the, like the filming locations. I probably have been by them and whatnot, but right. I mean, then I only, wasn't into the show. I right, especially you know, Sudbury in, isn't too it. too big either. So no, but a great place. Now you have homework from uh, the Water Hockey Boys whenever you make it back. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I got a, a report got a back. Show to watch. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll follow well, up in like six months. There's or so. a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of them. They're on season uh, nine now. Yeah, it's nuts. Uh, well, I don't, I don't have any more questions for you. Uh, I we pretty much ran through all we have. Uh, but do you have a message for uh, the Ovis fans? I mean, obviously, like they're gonna listen to this, and I just want to say, <laughs> I can't speak Finnish uh, at all, but I just want to say thank you to all of the Ovis oh, fans yeah. for for the support. I mean, you guys make us feel like. We're, we're Finnish natives. So do you have any message and a message for them? Well, at first I want to say thank you for all their support and that uh, playoffs are around the corner. And um, as, as I know, you'll stay behind us and, and, and we're going to try and make this year as memorable as possible. So who I this? I mean, that's a go. pretty killer sign off. We, we <laughs> tried finish with Les's episode and it, I think we learned our lesson not to, uh, go down that pathy and we just butchered the language so well, my best and, if we uh, don't even try yeah and yeah. if you could I've maybe like put a bug learning some words what was that jason i was gonna say maybe if you could put a bug in the uh, ownership's ears now that they're kind of getting a following in 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 the u.s maybe uh make that mobile website a little more uh friendly to uh, translate yeah i know I, i've noticed that so sometimes it's a little bit difficult but um yeah the, I think the app might be a little bit better, and, and they do a good job with the Ooh. translations on Instagram and stuff. So you can usually get figure yep. out what they're saying. Mm, okay, I'll have to check out the app. Yeah, Google mm-hmm. Translate's getting its work put in. That's for sure on my end. But oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I, we were dead set on buying the picnic table, right? That's what we said. Yeah, we yeah. The to. Elvis <laughs> picnic table on their uh, merch on their merch uh, site. I mean, they've got. Yeah. I don't know. I was having I was having trouble between the Elvis mustard and the uh, Elvis shampoo. Shampoo. Uh, yeah they got some they got some wild stuff up for sale but uh but yeah once again thank you to uh elvis fans uh you guys are amazing uh and thank you to uh you nick baptiste for taking the time to uh hop on and chat with us and uh we'll definitely be in touch and and we can't wait to see what you've got left in the rest of your career thank you guys i appreciate it uh it's been great and i look forward to chatting with you guys again sometime soon absolutely cheers Uh, once again, just a huge amount of gratitude. Uh, first to Les Lancaster for helping us get in touch with uh, his teammate, Nick Baptiste. Um, and of course, 
the one and only Nick Baptiste himself for coming on uh, and sharing a lot of insight, not just from his time with the Texas Stars, but pretty much with every team it seemed like he has played with, he had some type of insight on. Uh, seems to be really enjoying his time over in Ilvis. Um, I do want to say for all of those that are listening, this was recorded this past Saturday. I know Sunday. Ilvis had a game today, and unfortunately, I'm sorry, Sunday, um, they were coming off a huge win. So unfortunately, they did not pull out the win today. Um, we are recording on Tuesday as of today doing this. So uh, if you are a little confused, that is why. Yeah. Uh, so he is referring and we are referring to his game on Saturday where he absolutely lit it up. He did have a goal in today's game. Uh, he is absolutely on fire. So we look forward to seeing what his future has for him, uh, whether or not that's with Elvis. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but it sounds like he is having one of the best years of his career and just having fun with the game. But that's really all we have for you guys this week. As always, thank you so much for listening to Wada Hockey. Uh, make sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms. Follow us on, on Facebook at Wada Hockey, as well as Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Patrick, lead us into the end of this one, my friend. Appreciate it, Nick. It was a lot of fun talking with him. Stay sassy, friends. This was a very lighthearted episode. It was. We were excited about it. It was a lot of fun. Well, since Jason is not here, I will, on behalf of Jason, remind you to always stay moist. Uh, and don't, for any reason, no matter what time zone you are in, uh, forget your camera tattoos.